This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. been a while it's been a long long time and i know you guys have been craving it i know you guys have been waiting for it but finally finally we got devin back in the house what's going on devin not too much my man what's going on kids you miss me oh yeah get excited for another episode yes sir but before we dive into this episode before we get into this i have a public service announcement for everybody out there got a public service announcement and it needs to be said If you don't pick up your dog shit, you are the worst type of person in the whole fucking world. Like, the worst. You're the worst type of fucking person. Because if you don't pick up your dog shit, right? And it's dark outside, right? And then I go to grab a doggy bag. And right next to where you get the doggy bags, right? Because I pick up my dog shit. Right next to where you pick up the doggy bags. There's a pile of fucking shit that I stepped in. Like, what the fuck? What is wrong with people? I just don't get it. Just because it's biodegradable does not mean you should just leave it around for people to put their foot in. Yeah, and then I just sit there with a stick and pick it all out. Like, you literally fucking fucked my night. Like, I am so fucking pissed off. You're worse than a fucking terrorist. Yeah. This is domestic terrorism. You're worse than a fucking terrorist. You are worse than, like, corn chips or the corn nuts or whatever the fuck they're called. Well, you have to be very specific when you're talking about corn chips and corn nuts. corn nuts. Corn nuts. You're worse than corn nuts. Worse than flam. (laughs) You're worse than that guy at the bar that's drunk that wants to talk about politics. Right. Or that drunk guy at the bar that wants you to do his fantasy football team for him instead of listen to the damn episodes. Yeah, exactly. Don't be that guy. That too. Don't be that guy. Like, you are worse than fucking 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting a little crazy over here. Like, what the fuck? Pick up your damn dog shit. But that's your public service announcement for the day. Please clean up after yourself God. and your dog. If you can't do that, don't have one. You're worse than my chemistry teacher, who I know she wanted it. I know that she wanted it. She was hot as shit, and she wanted it, and she would tease me okay. every single class. She would tease me every single class, and I know that she wanted it. I saw it in her smile. She, she would touch my hand. What? And now she's married, and now I don't get a shot. You're worse than her. Yeah, you're worse than her. Well, there's still future chances that that. She's the reason why I fail chemistry. Oh, really? She's the reason. Now, the one thing that you're not worse than, though, right, is the Chicago Bears offense. Damn, nice segue. (laughs) You are not worse than the Chicago Bears offense because they are worse than this shit on the bottom of my shoe. I mean, what's going on with them? Dude, Trubisky is anemic. You just think about this. Everybody, take your mind. Go back a couple drafts. Everyone was saying that Mitch Trubisky was the best quarterback in that class. And okay, it's been a couple years since that draft. Let me just remind you who, just a couple more quarterbacks in that class. Somebody by the name of Patrick Mahomes out of Texas Tech. And another guy named Deshaun Watson from Clemson. Yeah, well, I feel like it's more than just Mitchell Trubisky. Like, the play calling oh, is, is off. Their offensive subs are off. Like, why Montgomery is not getting more opportunity is baffling to me. And I understand he doesn't provide that skill set that you want in certain play calling you know, abilities, but you know what's going to happen when you put Tariq Cohen on the field. Like, you know what's going to happen. And it blows my mind the way that Matt Nagy, this guy that's supposed to be the second coming of Andy Reid, is running this offense. I think he's outsmarting himself, and we saw that happen in week one. We saw that happen. Yeah, what was the week where they only had seven rushing attempts, where he declared he wasn't an idiot? Where he was not an idiot. I beg to differ, sir. I think you're too smart for your own damn good. And that happens. I mean, we outsmart ourselves constantly, right? 
And this is what I'm going to dive into from there. Is the fact that we outsmart ourselves when it comes to setting our fantasy football lineups and our ads and our drops and who we're picking up. Like, for example, Jonathan Williams, right? He could end up, you know, being as good as what he seems. But when you're in a league with, you know, 10 teams or 12 teams, don't go off and drop somebody that is a potential starter on your team to pick up Jonathan Williams. Yeah, sure, the upside's there, but don't forget, Wilkins, Jordan Wilkins was injured, right? Naeem Hines, the game script didn't call for Naeem Hines. I think that if you are sitting there and you're looking at Jonathan Williams, you have to realize that he could go in to a split snap share. And he doesn't have a favorable matchup necessarily coming up. Like he has faced Tampa Bay, I believe, in two weeks. I know Marlon Mack is injured and I know everybody's trying to find that league winner, but I don't think that Jonathan Williams is that guy. I just don't see it. I mean, do you see that? No, definitely not. Uh, just don't go out there and drop one of your top players, especially if you're a winning team, to go out and grab Jonathan Williams. And I could be completely wrong. But he's bounced around from multiple different teams. He's had opportunities, and he just has not performed. Why would he start performing now? It just doesn't make much sense to me. And, and he's going to see, like I said, a snap share. So with that being said, guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into our episode today. We have Poppin' Tags. The champ is here. And... Uh, oh, yeah, stacks on stacks on stacks. Sorry, it's been a while since I had since I had Devin here with me. So we're going to go ahead and jump into this episode, guys. We're going to start it out with popping tags. Here we go. Got the bell, bro. I'm going to pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm, I'm, I'm hunting, looking for a come up. This is being awesome. I'm going to pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm, I'm, I'm hunting, looking for a come up. All right, and popping tags, guys. This part of the episode is actually about it is about finding that value, like we were talking about, on the waiver wire, on the free agent line that that got past your waivers. And this is somebody who, you know, maybe they have an advantageous matchup in a week from now. Maybe they have potential to go off, but you didn't want to waste fab dollars on it or waiver wire priority. So we're going to talk about a few guys that could have slipped through or maybe were dropped by other players to pick up some of these guys like Jonathan Williams. Devin, you want to start this one out or I can do it first? Up to you. Go ahead and uh, warm up the vocal cords here. I'm going to drop this bombshell on you. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. He is only rostered in 14.5% of leagues, according to ESPN. That's crazy to me. How is he only rostered in 14.5% of leagues? Insane. I mean, I'm sure we've mentioned him a few weeks back or something, but this guy has been a revelation in Tennessee ever since he took over that starting job. If you do not have a quarterback or you need a second quarterback on your team to cover a bye week, to stream, anything like that, Ryan Tannehill is your guy. Yeah, I mean, that's just crazy to me that, that he's out there, but it does make sense because he was coming off a of bye week. So, yeah, I could see that, why the ownership is so low to an extent. But, yeah, he needs to be owned. He is somebody that's very consistent, and he has the weapons around him. Now, I know that they use Derrick Henry a lot, but I think he has to be played. My first guy to pick up popping tags-wise is Raheem Moster. And I know he had a little bit of a rough week last week, right? You expected big things out of him. He didn't really go off. If he would have taken that one to the house, however, last week, he would have been a completely different game for him, and we wouldn't be talking about it the same way. I believe he missed an wide-open catch with running lanes for days, for days and days and days. This week up against Green Bay, who is the 30th overall-ranked defense up against the running back. Potential's written all over it. They like to use the committee approach, and I do like Tevin Coleman. I think Tevin Coleman's going to have an excellent game. We're going to talk about it later in this episode. But I think Raheem Mostert could be a pickup and play for somebody that's desperate for a running back. Obviously, the four teams on by this week, there are some of you guys out there. Raheem Mostert, I think, is a plug-and-play. Yeah, I think he's easy pickup. Yeah. Your next guy that you're looking at, popping tags-wise? So this one was kind of weird. For me, I was watching the Detroit game, and a name 
that hadn't been on the back of a ugly gray and blue jersey came across my eyeballs. <laughs> big long name on the big broad shoulders of Bo Scarborough. You know that I talked about him in today's episode. I know you said you didn't I, listen I to it. I haven't listened to that episode. Oh yeah, I brought it up. Because he would have been a starter at Alabama if it wasn't for Derrick Henry and yeah. Josh Jacobs. And he was a... He, and Damian Harris. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a big college football fan. And a school like Alabama, Ohio State, these types of schools, LSU, they have stables, man. I mean, you're looking at someone like Derrick Henry running the ball 30, 40 times a game. Right behind him, you got a Damian Harris. Right behind him, you got a Bo Scarborough. Like, they're just churning them out. It's a factory. And he looked good in that game. I yeah, mean, he, he only had 55 yards. 14 rushes and a but, touchdown. But though. on 14 carries, he had the most carries by far for any runner on the, in that game. He was actually my top waiver wire pickup this week. Like, oh, like I wanted to pick him up on the waiver wire. So I'm getting him in a whole bunch of leagues, hopefully. Yeah. So, I mean, that guy is big. He's vicious. His athletic, oh, or his athletic profile is insane. Yeah, he's a monster. And Speed score, burst score. He didn't do his agility testing, and he did poor in the bench press. But still, I mean... He had 24 touchdowns in college yeah, with very sure limited was, opportunity. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's one of those guys that was like offered really early too, like as a middle schooler to go to Alabama. <laughs> really? He's I one didn't of those know that. guys. Because there's been a couple of people yeah. uh, that have been offered before they even We've heard graduated stories. high school and they're going to Alabama. But his next matchup is against the Redskins. They've been extremely demoralized lately. They started out the season poor, and then they did really well over a stretch of weeks. But, yeah. you know, with Dwayne Haskins coming in and them just running the ball constantly, the defense, they're getting left in shitty situations. And yeah. they're getting completely demoralized from it. And I could see a big game out of Bo Scarborough. Like, I love Bo Scarborough this week. Yeah, because, I mean, when you got someone like J.D. McKissick, who's more of like a third down, change of pace. Ty Johnson you know, ain't doing receiving shit. Guy. Ty Johnson really hasn't done much. And, I mean, Driscoll was 8 for 51 rushing. <laughs> in that game. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a better rusher than McKissick and Johnson combined. So Scarborough all the way if you need a running back. And let me see here. 0.3% rostered in ESPN leagues. You have a great chance that you can pick him up if you need to stream a running back, if you need someone to flex, somebody yeah. like that. And this even with his NFL career, he's been locked behind like guys like Chris Carson oh, yeah. and Ezekiel yeah, Elliott. He, he hasn't he, had a chance. His picture is still a Seahawks jersey picture. Yeah, he hasn't had a chance. Yeah. So it's something where he's given the opportunity. He did produce okay. My only fear, my only fear with him up against the Redskins, and I've talked about it in multiple different episodes, is the Redskins get beat up against passing down backs that have speed. And Bar Bo Scarborough's not that guy. So it scares me. at least me. he hasn't had a chance to show it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. But, I mean, he only runs, like, what, a 4-5-2? So yeah. it's fast for a guy his right. size. He's not a home run hitter. But, but he's he's very similar to a Chris Carson. Yeah. You know, he's a big bowling ball guy, a lot of weight. But it's, like, just fun. For me, <laughs> like, I, I would pick him up. And I don't know if I would play him this week unless I had to. But I would right. keep him on my roster for sure. For oh, sure, yeah. for sure. This is a guy that you use grab him, put him on your bench. Like, if this is a week where you're ravaged by bye weeks where, you know, you got the Cardinals, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Vikings all on a bye week, that means Cook is on the bench. I mean, Kenyon Drake's on the bench. Melvin Gordon. McCoy. Austin Eckler. Gordon. Eckler. All these guys. It could be a plug-and-play for you. Yeah. You know, obviously, if you're missing out on running backs, he could definitely be a play. But I'm picking him up, and I'm stashing him personally. I don't have the issue of of the bye weeks, but if you do, he is playable to an extent. Yeah, you just stash him. You you never know what could come out of this. Could be, you know, big for your playoff run. Now, for me, going on the other side of the ball, Uh I'm actually talking about Dwayne Haskins. Oh, homer. I mean, it's not even a homer pick. It's the fact that the – Lions and the Redskins, it's two shitty defenses, right? They've had miscommunications all over the place. Obviously, obviously Dwayne Haskins has not been good, but he has put up some fantasy points, at least last week he did, you know, in a catch-up effort. I could see the Redskins in garbage time again. Don't forget Darius Geis is back, and he can catch passes and do something with the ball. We saw him score, what, a 44-yard touchdown or something like that? So, yeah, I think that Dwayne Haskins is a potential pickup and play this week and definitely a streaming option. The only thing that concerns me is Paul Richardson could be out, and Terry McLaurin is either going to face double coverage or Darius Slay. So I don't know who else 
Haskins can go to. Maybe he goes to Harmon. He used Harmon a lot this past week. But yeah, I still think that Dwayne Haskins is a streaming option. Now, who's your last poppin' tags? We're going to the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest. A tight end who has increasingly, week by week, gotten a lot better and has been a pretty top, pretty good top target for MVP candidate Russell Wilson. Goes by the name of Jacob Hollister. He's been good, man. He has been solid. I called it the week before it happened. I don't know if you heard that episode. I did. It was uh, right before the San Francisco game, I think it was. Yeah, it was whatever one it was. It was the one right before he went off. Yeah, and he had a huge monster game. He's been really solid in the past couple games. And he's rostered in 15.2% of leagues, according to ESPN. Titan's always a tough position to have at least multiple of. So you're able to get one of the top guys. Maybe you drafted a Kittle or an Ertz or one of those guys early. Maybe you lucked out and took one of the nice veterans that's always been solid for you, like a Delaney Walker. But this year for me, Titan has been the worst. I have had to pick up and drop, pick up and drop. You know, Kyle Rudolph. Streaming tight ends. You know, just streaming tight ends. I mean, Kyle Rudolph, for me, he's been really hot the past few weeks. Touchdowns in every game for the last three weeks. But Jacob Hollister, I have him in two of my leagues, and he has just been a monster the past couple weeks. And if you need a stream of tight end... If you just need one on your team to stash, get this guy. This guy yeah. is a big target for Wilson. Russell Wilson loves his tight ends, too. Oh, yeah. He I mean, he's does. turned I mean, Disley into a monster. Yeah, like, turned Disley into a monster. You know, he made Vinette, you know, kind yeah. of functional over the past couple of years yeah. on and off. I mean, he's He definitely looks to his tight end, especially in the red zone. Carlson could be a definite play. And I think he likes Carlson. Like, I think that they have some sort of chemistry. Like, maybe they go on a date together. Maybe they, <laughs> you know, snuck in each other's dorms one night during training camp. Who knows? But anyways... <laughs> On to my last popping tags, and I'm going to go with any of the three running backs that are left over from the Lions. And I know I talked about Jonathan. I talked about Jonathan Williams and his potential to completely ruin your roster. But if you have an open spot, right, and you're looking for potential, you know, and, and you got a guy to burn, somebody just is not performing like you want him to perform. I think that you should pick up one of these three running backs. Now they do have Tampa Bay coming up. So I think that Naheem Hines is actually the most attractive one. Uh, they got some tough schedules. I think they, I believe they play Houston as well, along with some other high-scoring games, maybe New Orleans or somebody along those lines. But Naeem Hines, who didn't really get work this past week, might end up getting work up against a team when they are losing. They're down. They need to pass. This could end up happening huge with Naeem Hines. Don't forget, before the season, he thought he was going to end up having, what, 100 total receptions? You remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was He crazy. tried to call it out. He's like, oh, I'm going to have 100 receptions this year. Maybe this actually, you know, can come to fruition to an extent this last few weeks. So, that's my last one. And that's going to wrap up this segment for us. We're going to go ahead and pop over to our next segment. The champ is here. Champ. guys and this is the champ is here segment we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about some of the potential guys that we think are well not even potential guys like we're going to talk about guys that are locks like we're guaranteeing this guy's going to finish in the top 12 who ESPN did not rank in the top 12 you know we don't want to talk about the same old guys that everybody else talks about so we're going to talk about the guys that have that upside that are going to get you that win this week and go ahead you can tab the first one tab that first one this is a sucky week. I don't get to talk about my Vikings, man. No, thank but God. Wow. Wow. I know you guys have missed me talking about my Vikings because that Broncos game, Ugh. first first half was a heart attack and then elation the rest of the way. Why is this coming up in the champ is here? Because <laughs> I wanted to put Kirk Cousins here so bad, and then it's the freaking bye week, the week I make my glorious return to the airwaves. Thank God. I did it on uh, purpose. He did it on purpose. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. But my quarterback is going to be Derek Carr, who was listed around number 15 ranking. And he's playing on the road against the New York Jets. Yep. I like him a lot in this matchup. He's been really hot the past few weeks. And I think he just enters his way up and gets into the top 12. He, we talked about the draft in, I guess, yesterday, yesterday's episode, and he's definitely making the Oakland Raiders think twice about drafting a quarterback this year. So mm-hmm. 
Good job, Derek Carr. I think it should be a high-scoring game, and that's why I actually took the quarterback on the other side of things, and I'm going to take Sam Darnold with this. He threw four touchdowns this past week, and I feel like his momentum is getting better and better ever since that ghost game. Like I feel like he's slowly gaining more confidence. He's slowly getting used to his wide receivers. You know, you saw Robbie Anderson score this past week. I know oh that a God. lot of it have been like blown coverage it was and like stuff. A quadruple coverage catch in the first <laughs> one of those things, man. Yeah, it's just been it's been rough for the Washington Redskins when it comes to communications. But still, you can't discount the chemistry that Sam Darnold showed with his receivers this past week. I could see another another big week out of Sam Darnold up against the Oakland Raiders, who, by the way, have been better on defense this past two weeks. They've been oh, yeah. really good this past two weeks. But I think that's been more about the matchups and less about the skill of the defense. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to go with Sam Darnold this week. It should be a high-scoring game. Yeah, like you said, their matchups and more of the chemistry just building because that defense is pretty young. So I like to see them continue to build that. Dude, Jamal Adams looks like a beast, though. Oh, like, on, over the Jets side, oh, just while we have the opportunity to talk about the Jets because we don't a lot. Dude, Jamal Adams, I called it, like, I found it on Facebook the other day and reposted it. And I said Jamal Adams would be the best player out of this draft and at least be the best defense player. But I said the best player. And he could end up getting defensive MVP more than one time this this season or, you know, in his career. Like, he oh, looks yeah. that good. I mean, he, he literally took the ball from somebody. Yeah, snatched it out of his hands right now. Yeah. God, that was sick. He just literally just ripped it and took it to the house. I mean, this guy is amazing. He calls plays. I mean, again, he's an LSU guy. I mean, that school turns out NFL people all the time. Yep. You know, you t- it was fun watching him go up against uh, Darius Geis. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you talk about Darius Geis, and you're like, who was? where did Darius Geis play? LSU. Who was the running back that was in front of Darius Geis? Well, was that LSU. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. I mean, it, it's just so crazy. I mean, watch. I mean, take it back just a little bit to Sunday Night Football where the Vikings and the Cowboys played. This was my favorite thing that they mentioned. Everson Griffin was lined up against the left tackle Tyron Smith. Both guys played at USC at the same time. Daniil Hunter was lined up across from the right tackle, Lyle Collins, who were both at LSU at oh, the cool. same time. That was the f- they were bo- like the, everybody was drafted out of the same draft, like whoever the adversaries were. Oh, that's cool. That that was like the that's a cool stack. I'll that take was, that one. That was my favorite thing to hear about that. But back over to fantasy football. Back over to that fake stuff that we like to talk about. Running back, you're up. My running back for the champ is here. It's going to be number 16 ranked Joe Mixon versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oof, Joe Mixon. They've been running him a lot, though. They've been running him a lot. But every he time finally, I say his name, I like... Oof, I know, oof. right? Because he's one of my guys on my I team, my uh, one of my fantasy teams. And he got his first rushing touchdown of the season this past week. Good job, Joey. Way to go, buddy. He has more receiving touchdowns than he does rushing touchdowns. But playing Pittsburgh... I like his chances to get another one. You know, once you get that first one out of the way, the floodgates open, man. Well, they're going to have to run up against Pittsburgh because that they secondary is, you know, monstrous. Like, they've been doing so well this season. Ryan Finley has been subpar. Obviously, yeah. Tyler Boyd, you know, voiced his opinion on Ryan yeah, Finley. Oh, boy. But, uh, Can't not throw to Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, <laughs> he's like, I, I thought I was the alpha receiver ever since A.J. Green went out. But then I didn't get the ball. But Ante looked good up until he broke his neck. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was you scary. You need a neck. You, that's... One of those scary. things that I learned in anatomy junior year of high school, you have to have a neck. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, that makes sense. Important. That's another PSA if you needed that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, Auden Tate was definitely dominating the targets. Uh, we'll see what happens now. I mean, Tyler Boyd was up there in, in the top, like, oh, yeah, what, 10 or even top five for targeted players, and he just wasn't doing anything with the targets. That was obviously with Andy Dalton at the helm, but Ryan Finley taking over. He only targeted him once for one catch and had zero yards on that catch, so... Yeah, I mean, they're not going to do much better up against the Steelers. No. I'm not going to do much better up against the Steelers. In fact, it was going to be one of my trash stacks, but that one was just too easy, taking yeah, Ryan I mean, Finley and this uh, could be Tyler a, Boyd. This could be a pretty big mix-in-Giovanni-Bernard uh, game. Yeah, true. You know, work that screen game. And, I mean, the Steelers are still okay up against the run. It's not like they're terrible or anything. Oh, yeah, they're but not bad at they're all. They're going to have to run. They're going to you know, have to give the volume to Joe Mixon. Uh, he's not a lock for me to produce, but I can understand why somebody would say that, why you would go with that yeah. that option. For me, if Tevin Coleman, I mean, if Matt Breida is out, I'm taking Tevin Coleman up against the Packers. I talked about Raheem Mostert. I know that they like to use, you know, that revolving door of running backs. Yeah, like four guys. Yeah, I mean, for me, 
If Breed is out, I'm taking Tevin Coleman. If Breed is in, I'm going David Montgomery up against the Giants. And I know we just talked about how shitty this offense has been. You know, this offense has been. And I just don't know if David Montgomery is going to go off, but it makes sense that he does. It's kind of very – well, not the same situation that we just talked about with Joe Mixon because, yeah. you know, Montgomery does have an offensive line, but he's not getting the opportunity where on the other side of things, Joe Mixon has the off, or doesn't have the offensive line gets the and gets the opportunity. So it scares me a little bit. But I think that the Bears are going to run. Uh, Chase Daniel, there's a chance that he plays. If he doesn't play Mitch Trubisky, they're not going to want to put the ball in his hands. Either way, either way, I think that Montgomery could be the only person that produces on this whole entire offense. Maybe Allen Robinson, but outside of that, I mean, nobody has a chance at it. Yeah, like you said, I mean, maybe he's not a lock per se, but he has the same chance I think Mixon has, just kind of the reverse roles like you mentioned with the offensive lines being the opposite. Yeah, of each I just other. love the matchup. Like he yeah. should go off. Like he's a lock. I'm playing him if I own him in any league that that I have him. In. I'm playing him. Yeah. On to your wide receivers, sir. That this sounded is... so weird. Like in my headset. Like <laughs> on to your wide receivers, sir. Like what the fuck? My wide <laughs> receiver is like number that? nineteen ranked Jarvis Landry of the Cleveland Browns playing Miami. This is my revenge game pick right here. Oh, I just thought about that. Yeah, he's not too far off. Oh, that revenge game. That is a revenge game. Well, Adam Gase isn't there, but, you know. I mean, it's – I say revenge game solely just because he's playing his old team, not because there's going to be much animosity. Obviously, a lot of the people that he played with or maybe pissed him off about that team. They're all gone. gone. But it's a game where he's – it's a home game for the Cleveland Browns. It's not like he's traveling to Miami, but still playing Miami – the former team, the team that let him go, traded him away, gave up on him kind of thing. There's still going to be some sort of revenge narrative that they can feel from that. I feel like if he played the Jets, that would be a bigger revenge game than if he played the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> just because of Adam Gase. Like, literally, yeah. just because Adam Gase. So, I don't know. Yeah, I could see him going off, obviously. I have two other Browns players here in a little bit for our next segment, so I do agree with that. But, yeah, let's go and hop over mine. And I'm going Curtis Samuel versus the Saints. I wanted to go Will Fuller. I wanted to go Will Fuller up against the Colts, but we don't know if he's going to be healthy. So I don't want to waste a bunch of time talking about a guy that could end up being out. Um, But if Will Fuller's in, he would be my lock. If not, Curtis Samuel versus the Saints. Uh, Last year, he did have a 72-yard game with a touchdown. He wasn't getting a ton of targets. But the Saints this year, their run defense is a lot, lot better. And I'm not saying that Christian McCaffrey is going to get shut out. But there is a good chance that they have to pass a lot more often with Kyle Allen. And Kyle Allen, yeah, he hasn't been good the past few weeks, but he's been serviceable. And if he can get Curtis Samuel the ball six or seven times, which is likely, then I think that Curtis Samuel could turn that into 100 yards and a touchdown. So Curtis Samuel is a lock for me this week. I really like DJ Moore as well, but DJ Moore was at number 12. I was going to take DJ Moore, but he was number 12 ranked. So I'm going Curtis Samuel. Moving on to tight end, I got Jimmy Graham, the original Jimmy G. He is ranked at number 17 for tight ends out of the rankings, and he's on the road against San Francisco. You know, that's a, that's a big one. It's going to be a big game for them. I really hope they lose it. I really hey, hope they lose it. MVS could be out. MVS could be out. Uh, he has a quad injury or whatever. definitely going to be a big red zone target, and with this defense, they're going to need to get – they're going to need to fight for everything they get. I think it's going to be a tough game for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I mean, they're going to get a lot of work. I still think it's going to be a tough game running the ball, and they're going to have to rely on throwing in the red zone, and that's where your big guy with the big mitts, your matchup nightmare, Jimmy G, is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at that and with George Kittle out, obviously, and Emmanuel Sanders potentially out. Who knows if they're both out this upcoming week, by the way. I haven't done the research for it. Yeah, well, I mean, but, there's still a lot of updates. Just keep it. Your eyes peeled to the Facebook page, Fantasy Intervention, for updates on injuries. Yeah, if they end up putting a little bit more pressure on the run, is San Fran going to be able to move the ball and get first downs? And that's primarily what I'm looking at in this game. And it could end up leaving Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers with a short field, which means touchdowns to Jimmy G. He hasn't done a lot with what he's had, but he has a couple games in there where he produces, and this could be another one of those games. Yeah. If they don't have their speed guys, MVS – you know, Geronimo Allison doesn't have a ton of speed. Devontae Adams, I don't think, has a ton of speed. No, especially with the toe injury. Yeah. I mean, he, he's still he's working back from it. He played pretty decently. And that's how the wide receivers beat 
the San Francisco 49ers. So yeah. if they can't rely on their wide receivers, they could end up going to Jimmy Graham, out, Jimmy Graham out of the tight end position. Yeah, I mean, you have to take the matchup nightmare there. And like I said, short fields are probably going to be a thing. And I like I said, running on this defense is going to be tough. So they're going to have to do a lot of passing. And I think you have to get the guy that's created the ma- the matchup nightmare type of thing with this basketball player, man. Jimmy G all the way. The real Jimmy G, not the other guy that's wearing 10 playing for the fucking Niners. <laughs> the guy on the other side of the ball? The other side of the ball. <laughs> so for me, with the tight end position, I kept on every single time I went to go find a player, I kept on going back to the same games. Like I kept on going back to the Seattle Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles or the New York Jets and the Oakland Raiders or the Miami Dolphins and the Cleveland Browns. I kept on finding myself going back and gravitating towards these games, and that's because they're going to be high-scoring games. They should be at least. And when we look at this setup with Seattle Seahawks versus Philadelphia Eagles, both secondaries have been extremely spotty. And I think that what they're going to do is they're going to focus. They're going to take Alshon Jeffrey out of the game by putting Griffin on him, right? And then they're going to take Zach Ertz out of the game by trying to put a linebacker along with a safety on him. Obviously, Miles Sanders is the running back, so they don't need to put a ton of pressure on that. But you have Javion Clowney, who's been hot. You have Ziggy Ansah, who's played all right. You have Jaron Reed clogging up the middle. And that's going to force Carson Wentz to get the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker than what's expected. So I'm going on the other side of the ball. Well, not on the other side of the ball, but the other side of the formation from Zach Ertz. And I'm going with Goddard in this one. I think that Goddard, who has had at least three catches in each of the past four games and has had multiple different serviceable weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to be a lock for a top 12 position at the tight end. I mean, we mentioned it a couple weeks back where we talked about how his snap share is not too, too far off from Zach Ertz. Yeah, and, and you guys hear me talk about Goddard a lot, but he's produced almost every time I've talked about him. He's yeah. still getting the targets, he's still getting the catches, and he's reliable. And I think that, once again, Javion Clowney coming off that edge, Carson Wentz is going to be getting the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker than expected. So I'm looking for uh, Goddard to have a huge, huge game. And that's going to wrap up this segment for us. Moving right along. God, it's like we've done this before or something. Who knows? Yeah, it's like we're freaking professionals. Hey, Pat McAfee, at us, bro. At me, bro. What's up? Dude, Pat McAfee's the best. You know, if you don't watch the Pat McAfee show on YouTube or anything, it'll change your life. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, sponsor, but please. No, he's, he's amazing, man. He's been on College Game Day and SmackDown and all that shit. Pat McAfee's the man. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us for The Champ is here. On to our next segment, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Let's go. Let's stack it. All right, on to the Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Moving right along. I'm going to take a sip of my beer real quick. What you sipping on over there? Some Bud Light. Some Bud Light. Bud Light. Not a sponsor. All right, on to our stacks. I'll go ahead and start this one out since you had the last two. And I'm going to start this out with Baker Mayfield, along with Odell Beckham. You took Jarvis Landry. I'm taking Odell Beckham this game. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's been playing, you know, solid. The offense has been moving. Kalen Blage has fallen over. A little Fitzmagic. Yeah, Kalen Blage has fallen over the end zone. You know, there should be some points there to be had on the Cleveland Browns. Listen. That hit that we saw with the helmet and Miles Garrett was ugly. You've seen it, I'm sure. That guy should be out of league for at least a year. I mean, it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. I'm all for him getting the rest of the year suspended along with 10 games next year. Completely okay with that. That should soften up this defense a little bit, right? Like, I'm going to talk about the Browns here in a second. I I really like the Browns' defense. They're a play for me, like in multiple different leagues, but I think it's because of opportunity in the secondary. But... You know, they, they should not see much pressure up front. You know, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick can get the ball downfield a few different times, and I think it makes it a game where, where they could pass the ball. And Baker Mayfield has had 17.1 points uh, the past three games, and he's faced really good defenses. I mean, he went up against Denver, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh, put up at least 17.1 points. And I know that's not great, but now he's going up against a terrible, terrible defense. And Baker Mayfield, who might be a little bit pissed off right now, but he should be feeling good because he's been playing okay. He should end up going off this week, and he might as well bring Odell Beckham with him. Odell Beckham has seen 10 and 12 targets each of the past two games. So he hasn't been able to turn those targets into much, but if they keep targeting him as much as you know they already currently are, 
He's bound to have a big game, and I want to say it's going to be up against the Miami Dolphins. Odell Beckham for me is a lock. He is a stack. I'm going to play him in DFS. I'm going to be playing him in standard leagues. I'm going to be playing him everywhere. I like that a lot. Yeah, like uh, to your comment about the, the Browns defense, a big thing that I've, I've learned throughout the years watching football, things like that, the guys on the back end, the cornerbacks and your secondary, they need the guys up front to cause the pressure, to force the quarterback to make the poor throws, the, you know, make the bad decisions. That's where you saw the, the Bears be a monster last year in interceptions because that front seven is so dynamic and so fast. Not this year, obviously, and they're not, not that great. But to your point, that's where I think the Miles Garrett being off that team kind of affects that a little bit where you said opens those lanes a little bit for Fitzmagic to kind of attack. But that defense could still be good. All right, who's your first stack on stack on stack? My first stack is going to be James White and the Patriots defense. I like James White in this game a lot. Uh, Watching back the Dallas game with the Vikings, Dalvin Cook... Had a lot of screen game action there. And that's why I don't pick Sony Michelle here. I don't see the between the between the twenties or you know up the middle, any of that stuff. The screen game is where the Patriots would succeed in winning that game. And I think that's where you take out a lot of people like D Law. I mean he has, he has great pursuit and all that stuff, but James White as a receiver in this game and still running the screens and things like that, that's gonna be a big game. And Patriots defense is still solid. And I, I really wanted to trash Brady and the, all those guys, but I think that they have a strong chance running game, screen game, all Yeah, the way. I mean, that scares me a little bit just because of Jalen Smith, Fandrash, obviously in the middle with Sean Lee. Like, they can cover if they know that it's coming. Obviously, the Patriots are the best at, at hiding that. So yep. I'm looking more for Julian Edelman to have an excellent game on the short yardage positions, but I can see how you would end up dissecting that and saying the screen game for the running backs would work. Obviously, it worked for the Minnesota Vikings. For me, on my second stack, I really wanted to go with like DK Metcalf, but obviously Josh Gordon's coming in. We don't know who's going to go off for the Seattle Seahawks. Maybe it's all three wide receivers. We don't know. I'm playing multiple different combinations of this in DFS. So I ended up going over to Carson Wentz's side, and I know. I know that I said Zach Ertz is going to get double covered. But does that mean that Zach Ertz isn't still going to catch the ball? I mean, there's still potential. Like, you watch what the New England Patriots started to do, and they tried to take Zach Ertz away, and he still pushed through that defense and still ended up putting up yards. So I think that Zach Ertz could still have a huge week, although he will see a good amount of double coverage. And I think that Carson Wentz continues to deliver him the ball. I mean, he was a little bit of a squeak wheel back a few weeks ago, and ever since then he's been playing really, really solid. But Carson Wentz, he only has one multi-TD week, so that scares me a little bit. And that's since week five. But he's had a really tough schedule. This should be a lot easier with the Seattle Seahawks defense that's been porous. And don't forget, Jordan Howard is potentially out. They're going to have to pass. They're going to have to pass, and they have home field advantage as well. So Carson Wentz typically plays a little bit better at home. I'm looking for Carson Wentz to put up multi-touchdowns this week. Zach Ertz has 11 receptions, I'm sorry, 9 receptions each of the past two weeks with 11 targets. He has double-digit points in all but three weeks this season. I think that Zach Ertz is a lock, and he's definitely one of my stacks to play this week. Over to you, my friend. I like that. I figured you would. You always like it. I like it. My final stack for this episode is going to be Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley. My God, thank God for Calvin Ridley. That thing where I spoke about earlier in this episode where you have a week where everyone's on a bye. Yeah. yeah I had one of those. And Calvin Ridley, you played Calvin him? Calvin Ridley, had to play him. Got me 20.52 points. That's awesome. This man had a Stephon Diggs-like game. Eight <sighs> receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. And I only mentioned Stephon Diggs here because there was a time, like a, a three-game stretch in our season where he had like seven catches for 143 yards in like three straight games for a touchdown. Yeah. It's literally like that same stat line for like three straight games. And Calvin really did that, but one more reception. <laughs> God damn it. But he was really solid. 
Yeah, I mean, he's been solid on and off. He's been very, very, very spotty, but obviously this past game, he did go off. So, I mean, he's had, what, like five or six weeks of double-digit fantasy points, but then he's also let you down like three or four different weeks. So, he's hit or miss for me, but this week I think he does have a good chance of going off up against Tampa Bay defense that just allows people to eat in their secondary. I mean, they set up camp. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could probably go back a couple weeks and look through BDSM, you know, one of your favorite episodes out there, guys. He's probably one of those guys that I've had to play and was, like, mad because he let me down. But this past week, yeah, thank God performs. for you, Calvin Ridley. Thank probably God. sets up a campfire in the secondary <laughs> this week. He's going to toast some damn marshmallows. Oh, hell yeah. He's going to toast some marshmallows, make some s'mores, and we're all going to eat off of Calvin Ridley's st- uh, stat line. <laughs> <laughs> Stuttering. All right. So, for my first trash stack, and these are stacks that we cannot stand, we don't want in our lineups, nowhere close to our lineups, just get it away. And first one I'm going to do is, and this is going to be interesting, right? I'm going to get a ton of hate from this one. I'm going to get a ton of hate, but Zeke and the Dallas defense are both trashes for me. Now, I understand you play Zeke most of the time, but this is like two of the best offenses right here, right? And the Patriots do damage in the slot. That's where Dallas lax right and so obviously that affects Dallas's defense but if they constantly throw it to the slot and the Patriots are moving the ball Dallas could look at a point where they go down and Zeke isn't getting the targets he's not casting catching passes anymore he's just not catching passes the guys Randall Cobb and Jason Witten and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are all producing so why would they throw it in the backfield to their running backs successful offenses don't do it that often Zeke this week in order to pay off for, you know, what he's trying to do, he would have to end up getting like two touchdowns, right? Yep. And 100 yards. And I don't see either one of those things happening this week. I think there's better plays and better options. Now, we talked about like Bo Scarborough, for example. You're not going to be playing Bo Scarborough over Zeke. Like, that's just stupid. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. But if you have like a combination of like Josh Jacobs, like if you went running back heavy in your draft, right? And you ended up with Josh Jacobs, maybe uh, – Carson or Chris Carson and maybe Nick Chubb or something along those lines, right? And you have three really solid running backs. Yeah, I'm taking. Where you don't play Zeke. Yeah, I'm just I'm taking those guys over Zeke, even though the Philadelphia defense has been solid over Chris Carson. I'm still going to take Chris Carson over Zeke. Chris Carson's getting a few targets here and there, and he's not watching Tony Pollard take some of his snaps. Mm. Uh, Zeke for me, yeah. If you have to play him, play him. But I think that there are better options out there this week. That's true. He there was definitely better options when they played the Vikings. Yep. Twenty carries, man. Forty-seven yards. Yeah, it's brutal. Ziku. Well, he had two touchdowns too. No, no. Oh, that was last. That's. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, Ziku. <laughs> God, you would bring up the Vikings. I always bring up the Vikings. I don't care if there's a bye week. I don't care if we get shredded. I don't care if we're down twenty at halftime and then have one of the most miraculous comebacks. One to ninety-nine. Hashtag one to ninety-nine. Don't forget it. All right, your first trash deck. The stats. My first trash stack, Ronald Jones in the Tampa Bay defense. Ooh, really? Sorry. I don't like Ronald Jones, man. Hey, he, he's, he's been hit or miss, man. He's been he completely hit or miss. Hey, Peyton Barber got the touchdown last week. I mean, he's hit or miss. See, this, this, is, this is what I hate about him right now. I've had him on my bench all year in my, one of my uh, NFL leagues. Bruce Arian said he was going to play him a lot because he's this dynamic player. He's going to do a lot of great stuff. And then he laid a fucking goose egg for me. And I don't appreciate that at all. Oh, you're hating on Ronald Jones. I'm hating on him. And Tampa Bay defense, I just don't got a lot of love for them right now. And it's just not going to be a great matchup. So I'm trashing them. I don't like them. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay defense is tough, right? But... No, I'm just kidding. They're not tough at all. <laughs> Tampa Bay defense is actually horrible. I mean... Yeah, they're pretty bad. Yeah, they're absolutely terrible. Up against the run, it's a different story. But right. the Falcons aren't going to be running the ball they're this week. They're not going to be. They're going to get shredded by Calvin Ridley, like we just mentioned. Yep, and Matt Ryan. And I could see this being a really high-scoring game. Now, the opportunities for them to score touchdowns could be out there. When you talk about potential sacks, potential interceptions... Yeah. But Matt Ryan does an okay job of taking care of the ball. So, I mean, yeah. He's not, he's not Phillip Rivers. So Yeah, he's not Phillip. God, <laughs> Phillip Rivers just looks so bad. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of either one of those guys this week. I'm not playing either one of them. Uh, I, I might play Ronald Jones in some matchups, but, yeah. I mean, he's going to have to get passing down work in order to perform, and they're, they're going to be passing a lot. 
So I don't know if he's going to get that passing work from yeah. Jameis Winston. If you have other people, play him over him. But obviously, if he's your last resort kind of thing, then you're going to have to play him. But he's going to let you down. I'm sorry. My last trash tack. My last trash tack. This pains me to say it, but it's Adrian Peterson and the Washington Redskins defense. Yeah, I'm hating on my team again, man. Oh my god! I'm getting so I'm gonna get so many feedbacks from me not hating again. on the Redskins. He's hating on the Redskins. I constantly do it though. I and mean, we're AP? just not a good team. Well, so AP, he's gonna get some of his work taken away by Darius Geis. Like True. I still think that these they're gonna run the ball, but it's gonna be a 50-50 snap share in my opinion, or pretty close to it. I mean, Darius Geis looked phenomenal up against the Jets. I mean, he's throwing himself forward. He's getting that yardage. He's getting receiving work. He looks so good. And that's going to take away from Adrian Peterson's production. Now, I still think that Adrian Peterson will be semi-efficient, but it's just not going to be enough volume. I'm not playing Adrian Peterson this week. You couldn't pay me to play Adrian Peterson this week. When it comes to Washington defense, this could be a high-scoring game. Uh, Driscoll, he's been playing pretty well overall. He's been running the ball. Scarborough, we've already talked about it. Yeah, Kenny yeah. Galladay, Marvin Jones. I mean, the Redskins get beat deep. Marvin Jones could end up having a huge, huge game. He's not seen as many targets, you know, this past week from, from Driscoll, but I could see Marvin Jones going off. And Kenny Galladay using that size. I don't know if Josh Norman has the ability anymore to stop those big players like that. So I could see this being, once again, a pass-heavy game. The Redskins defense going to shit the bed possibly, and then we have Adrian Peterson not getting that that volume work. So, yeah, the Adrian Peterson-Washington Redskins defense is a trash for me this week. And I'm sorry to do this, but I'm going to contradict your the champ is here. I'm trashing Kyle Allen and Curtis Samuel. Ooh. Ooh. Kyle Allison. Kyle Allison. Kyle <laughs> Allen started out looking like the second coming of whoever you want him to be the second coming of. And in the past few weeks, he's just looked like a serviceable less, or less than serviceable quarterback. Curtis Samuel, he's not been that great. And I think that if they used him like he was using Ohio State, that he could be a little bit more valuable to the team. But they're using him purely as a, a wide receiver. And he's just not, not getting the work that I want to see from him. Hasn't been helping out my team a lot, so he's been on the bench quite often and i just gonna trash them just don't need them waste of space at this point yeah saints have a good front seven but they're still allowing passing yardage i just see there there's gonna be a lot of opportunity for kyle allen to throw up against the saints who should dominate the majority of this game it's gonna be a tough one it's gonna be tough but i can understand why you would want to trash you know curtis samuel Kyle Allen for me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not locked into Kyle Allen being a starter. I don't think he's a top 12 option this week, but I just think that Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore could still have good serviceable games, even with Kyle Allen at the helm. Yeah, and th- that, that's going to be an interesting thing to look at in the offseason is to seeing it, what they do at the quarterback position. Because at one point you're like, oh, we can just move on cleanly from Cam Newton. Everything's going to be fine with Kyle Allen. And then you see the chink in the armor. It's not that great. You're definitely going to need to draft somebody at some point, bring somebody in. Yeah, and ownership's talking about how they want to bring back Cam Newton, but is that really the right move? Like, I've is heard, that I've a, heard a little move? bit about him going to Chicago at some point. Ooh, that could be that could be a sexy changer. fit. What what Trubisky goes to <laughs> goes to Carolina? What if it's like just a swap? Then you're downgrading from Kyle the Allen. Swap. <laughs> <laughs> you're downgrading from Kyle Allen. Yeah, I think that you would have to throw in a, quite a few draft picks to get Cam Newton <laughs> for Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky. That would be absolutely brutal. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our episode today. I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to the plug man, Devin. Man, it's been a while since I've done this, but you know who we are. We are Fantasy Intervention. You can find us on Facebook. You can add us on Twitter at FF underscore Intervention. If you just want to talk to me because Chase is bugging you, you can just at me at MrDevin757, and that's on Twitter and on Instagram. And where are you listening to your podcast, people? Are we talking SoundCloud? Are we talking Google Play, the Apple Store, CastBox? Well, wherever you are listening to us, thank you. Please like and subscribe. Leave a comment. If you're on the Facebook Interven- Fantasy Intervention Facebook page, just go ahead and leave us a review. Talk to us. You know, just keep us in there. Yeah, we're, we're pretty okay. I mean, I do bug some people. Don't get me wrong. But, no, I mean, we definitely respond to a lot of the different comments. I want to give a huge shout-out to Fantasy Football Discussion for, you know, keeping us active and working us. 
working us constantly. Ooh, I forgot to add the damn episode from yesterday onto the, well, the, the Facebook page. Well, there you go. Page. See, we just reminded ourselves another thing to do. But yep. we got a lot of things in the works. We are trying our hardest. We, like I said, the past few weeks has just been us moving, kind of getting acclimated to our new places, work, and all that good stuff. But we got a lot of stuff on the horizon. 2020 is going to be a big year, man. Yeah, we're going to explode. We're going to explode all over y'all's faces. Whoa. Yep, this that just, just happened. This X-rated. <laughs> oh, yeah, guys. Well, thank you all for listening, and thank you for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life. That's how you bang a podcast. Good? <coughs> you realize that I can still hear it if you cough over there. I know, I know. <laughs> but you started talking. I was going to keep going further away. Run away. I'm so, fine. And now, story time with Devin. Sounds of freedom. Beautiful here in Virginia Beach. Weather's been pretty nice, too. Yeah, it's been awesome. I've been able to go outside without wearing a tank top to walk down there. You know what's crazy today? Both of my kids ended up going to the nurse today at school, but not for being sick. It didn't hurt? No, my, well, my daughter had an accident at PE where she peed on herself, like at PE. And then my son called me like two hours later because he got stung or bit by something on his finger at, while he was out at PE during his time. <laughs> But he came home with like a little bump on his thing. I was like, fuck, that's not a bite or a sting. But they both went. I was like, and the lady said, I would not have recognized that they were related if they didn't tell me the last name. That's funny shit. Yeah. By the way, I have twins. And they don't look alike. Not at all. They're called fraternal twins. (laughs) My son's like six foot tall and he's five. And she's five, but she's like four foot tall. (laughs) Those are exaggerations. On both ends? Or is she actually like four foot tall? I don't. I, she's probably, less probably than more that. accurate. No, um, she, she's like thirty-five pounds, soaking wet, and she's like forty-four inches tall or something like that. And then yeah, he's a little bit under. He's really t- he's Very pretty happy. tall, and then he's like fifty pounds. He's rock solid. He's golly, he's he's massive. But she knocked him over the other day, and he has a he has a nice little boo boo on his arm. <laughs> I was like, how did she knock you down? (laughs) The bigger they are, the harder they fall. I guess so. (laughs) That's how you bang a podcast.